Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Friday the 13th of November. I always like the number 13. So I I don't know. I just think that uh, it has a bad rap, really, like so many numbers in general. I'm into it. I like the 13th. Welcome to Friday. I know it's been a a week. It's been a week. If you have a financial question, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. Askjill at jillonmoney.com. And don't forget to tell us if you want to come on the air. Mark will get you there. It's so easy, according to him. Okay. Here is a question from Ade, who says, does it make sense to have multiple taxable accounts? I started one at Fidelity before I knew what kind of funds I wanted to invest in. There's not much money in it, maybe a few thousand dollars. I wanted to start a taxable account at Vanguard to get access to some of their index funds. Is it silly to have multiple taxable accounts? My 401k is with Fidelity. The answer is, it's not that it's silly. It's not It's not a problem. It's just that it's harder to manage. So my recommendation is to figure out which one of these places you want to have your taxable account. It doesn't have to be where your 401k is. But, you know, the reality is there are index funds at Fidelity. There are index funds at Vanguard. Whichever you like better, just choose that for your taxable account. And I would merge them if I were you. Now, The second question, do you recommend any waiting period between opening a traditional IRA and converting it to a Roth IRA as part of the backdoor Roth? No, I don't. I I do it almost simultaneously. I mean, when I did it, I did a backdoor Roth and I think I did it almost immediately. What about you, Mark? Are you doing backdoor Roths? Yeah, you don't, as Mark points out wisely, I might add, that you do it right away because you don't want to take any gains. So get on it. All right. Okay. Next, this is from Anthony. Hi, Jill. I love the podcast and the no-nonsense advice. My question is related to COVID-related unemployment benefits and retirement accounts. Mm, Okay. My daughter is 18. She lives under my roof. She's a senior in high school. She started a job at a local gym in February just before the pandemic started. In March, she was laid off. Oh, God. In September, the gym reopened and my daughter worked limited hours. There are still some weeks where she works no hours because the gym is overstaffed. Okay, here we go. She filed for unemployment in March and has been receiving the Pennsylvania Pandemic Unemployment Benefits. I expect her to earn $4,500 from her employer for 2020. She'll also receive $7,000 in unemployment benefits. 
Okay. I've been paying all of her bills and her money has been accruing in a savings account in case of an emergency. Assuming the above earnings of $4,500, is she eligible to contribute the $6,000 max to the Roth IRA? And he goes on to say, I know the unemployment benefits will be taxes income. I was about to say that, so I'm glad you do know that. But does the unemployment benefit count as income that could be used to fund a retirement account? The answer is no, it does not. So it has to be earned income and unemployment benefits do not count as earned income. But you know what? She sounds like she's doing the right thing and you're doing the right thing. So uh, I think this will be great. And, and it's great to have at least, I mean, think about it. It's, it's pretty great to have at least 4,500 going in, especially amid a pandemic. So well done. This is from William who says, where do I go to get tax advice on my investments? Is it a CPA? Is it a tax preparer, a tax attorney, a financial planner? I'm retired and I've got stock and Vanguard investments worth approximately $1 million. My total net worth, including houses and land, $2 million. I've got no debt. I'm receiving Social Security. I'm 63 years old. I've been retired about three years. Well, I mean, first of all, it's, it's not that difficult. So, I mean, I'm certainly happy to walk through this with you myself, but I mean, a CPA could help you, a financial planner would help you. I would lean towards a certified financial planner uh, simply because if you're doing this as part of a larger retirement plan, then this, I, I think that a CFP is probably your best bet. So you want to be taking into account how you're doing in retirement, what funds need to be moved simply because maybe you're out of whack, or which funds make sense to draw down for tax purposes. So I'd go for a fiduciary, someone who puts your best interest first, and I would try to get a CFP. So a certified financial planner, you can find one at the CFP website, letsmakeaplan.org. Or if you want a fee-only financial planner, that means somebody who will not take commissions at all and may even just give you advice that you could execute on your own, you would go to NAPFA, National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, napfa.org. So give that a try. Jeff writes, I will be inheriting $40,000 within the next month or two. I'm 68 and I have little debt. My wife and I have a 0% car loan, balance is $7,800, a home equity credit line, balance of $40,000 at 2.9%. Okay, good. They've got IRAs, two hundred dollars savings, $50,000. And Jeff says, I still work and I'm planning to semi-retire. Should I pay off our car loan or home equity loan or invest the money in a Roth, which would have a diversified stock portfolio? Thanks, Jeff. I don't think you have to pay off the car loan. I don't think that, I mean, unless it just bugs you, but it's 0%, so it's hard to pay that off. I don't even think I'd pay off the home equity line because 2.9%, that's pretty cheap. So I think that what I might do is if you are allowed just under the amount of money you earn and you've got it going, I think that maybe putting it into a Roth IRA could be helpful, but you know, you can only put in up to $7,000 for you and then another $7,000 for your wife. So, you know, that would be maybe you do that this year and then you do it again for next year, right? So you make a 2020 Roth IRA contribution for both of you, a 2021 contribution right after the first of the year. Now the rest of the money is available to you and that could be used as maybe 
beefing up your savings, or perhaps you might want to just invest some of the money in a taxable account. Now, I mean, look, if it really bugs you to see that home equity line at 2.9%, I guess you could use some of it to pay pay that down a little bit to accelerate it. But again, it's 2.9%. It's awfully hard to feel good about a 2.9% debt pay down in this environment. So see if that works well for you. Okay. All right. This is from Anna who says, last month, my husband rolled his traditional IRA into a Roth IRA. We both now have Roth IRAs managed by Edward Jones. And these are in addition to our retirement plans through work. Because we are early in our savings journey, we don't have much in these Roths. Last year, my account barely made more than the fee to keep it at Edward Jones. We're looking to move our accounts to a robo-advisor like Betterment, but I read that we can't roll over IRAs more than once a year. Do I need to wait until next year to move my husband's Roth? If so, is it worth moving mine over sooner? Thanks for your time and for your awesome podcast. So first of all, of course, you can move yours whenever you want. You're not rolling over. You're not converting something. You're just moving it. So what I would do is I'd go to Betterment. I tell them what you want to do, tell them exactly when the the accounts were established and get some advice from them. But I would absolutely do that. I think there's no reason to pay a big fee, especially for small accounts. Everybody you hearing that, there's no reason to pay a big fee when you have a small account. There's actually never a reason to pay a big fee. How do you like that? Okay. I'm glad I convinced you. Fantastic. Uh, Okay. This has been uh, great. And I really appreciate that you guys are just, you continue to listen. You send great questions. This show does not exist without number one, Mark, the best producer in the world, but also you guys. And we're here to help you out. This is the entire thesis of going to a daily podcast. We want to help you out. It's been a very weird period of time since we started going daily back in March, March 14th, by the way. But I do think it's really important that you guys understand that this is about you and your financial journey. We want to be there to help you. We don't want to nag you. We want to just be a helpful coach. Now, sometimes your coach kind of beats you up a little bit. So you'll hear that sometimes. But honest to God, all that we're trying to do here is get you to the next place. We don't want to reflect on you beating yourself up because of where you've gotten to. We want to get you beyond this place. Okay? Deal? Fabulous. Great. All right. So we're going to have a really good guest this weekend. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting as we're going to talk about student loans. We're going to talk about education and higher ed in this country. And there's also been a lot of talk, a great article in the New York Times recently about how difficult it is to discharge student loan debt. So this weekend, we're going to have a two-part interview with a special guest. Her name is Caitlin Zaloom. She wrote a fantastic book about how we got into this pickle around education. I know you're really going to like it. Don't forget, wash your hands, wear those masks. Gosh darn it. Maintain your distancing. This virus does not care when the vaccine comes. There will be a lag time. So do me a favor and listen to this. Please, please, please don't forget to do something nice for someone else today. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 